Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. These people at this time reading this letter of James were They needed that refreshment of hearing the truth and being encouraged. And so do we. We live in difficult times. Everything is untrue. There's so many things out there that are just lying to us and not telling us the full story. Not everything, but many things. And do you know that this is the only truth that you have? This possession, this love letter bound in leather is for you and me. And this will never fail you. Jesus said, my word will never fail. The heavens and the earth are going to pass away, but my word will never return void. It will never pass away. Today on Truth in Christ, because James wrote to those living in difficult times, they needed encouragement with God's truth. Pastor Rob tells us it's the same for us today. As Christians, we should realize that there is little or no truth that we can rely on that comes from the world. The only absolute truth is found in God's Word. So to prepare for the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ, we must continue to abide in Him and His Word. We must daily read the Word of God so that we can know Jesus and be directed by Him. We must also pick up our cross daily and follow Him. Here's Pastor Rob with the final teaching in this section. He's going to be raptured to heaven to meet the Lord in the air while all hell is going to break loose on this earth for about three and a half years. That last three and a half years are going to be so bad. Jesus said, if I didn't return at the end of it right here, if I didn't return to the earth, no flesh would survive it because it would be so horrible. And we know about these things. We read about them. Revelations chapter 6 through 19 details it in graphic detail. It's a horrible time coming upon the earth. Things aren't going to get better for the world. But for you and I, Christian, we've got a great joy. The Bible says that he has not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't need to bring us through this great tribulation period that the Bible talks about, which is the wrath of God upon a world that has rejected him. We'll never see that wrath because he has paid the the price for our wrath. On the cross, Jesus paid the price once and for all. That's why when we sin, we can confess it. We confess it to him. And what does the Bible say? He is faithful and just to not only forgive us, but to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It's right there in 1 John chapter 1. But let's talk about the second coming of Jesus Christ. We've talked about the rapture, this part right here that we're looking at right here. But there's also coming a time when we are in glory with the Lord. We are going to come back at a certain time. And no man knows this day or the hour. We don't even know when Jesus is going to come. He could come before the rapture of the church could happen before this service is over today. And I hope it does. I do and I don't. (laughs) I do because I want to be with him. 
But there's a part of me that doesn't because I've got friends and family that don't know him. The Lord gave me time to come to him. And he's, got, he's very patient. He's very gracious. You know, I think of my mother, my brother, my sister, and others in my family. And I, I'm just like, Lord, please get a hold of them. He loves them just as much as he loves you and I. But you know, even in the Old Testament, the Old Testament's filled with this second coming. When Jesus comes back the second time, it is not going to be a pretty picture for the world. When we are raptured, we're going to meet him in the air. But when he comes back in the second coming, he's going to come down physically to the earth. And in Zechariah chapter 14, let me read it to you. And this is the Old Testament. It says this, Zechariah chapter 4, we're just going to look at the first five verses. He says, Behold, the day of the Lord is coming, and your spoil will be divided in your midst. For I will gather all the nations to battle against Jerusalem. This is yet coming. The Bible has a lot to say about these things. They're going to come against Jerusalem. The city shall be taken, the houses rifled, the women ravished. Half of the city will go into captivity, but the remnant of the people shall not be cut off from the city. And then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations. All of this is detailed in Revelation for us and in other parts of the Bible. And in that day, his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives, a physical return to the earth. On a physical Mount of Olives, I've stood on the Temple Mount myself, and I've looked at the Mount of Olives. That mountain is going to be the one that not only he ascended from when he ascended, but he's coming back in that same place. And notice what it says. The Mount of Olives will be split in two from east to west, making a very large valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, half of it toward the south. And then you shall flee through my mountain valley, for the mountain valley shall reach to Azel. Yes, you shall flee as you fled from the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. Thus the Lord my God will come, and all the saints with you. All the saints. Those who are with with him in glory are going to come back. Let's read it. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 24, beginning in verse 29. Let me read it to you. You can just write the verse down and look at it later. He says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, he's talking about this great tribulation period, this seven-year period of all-out hell on earth. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from heaven. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven and then all the tribes of the earth shall mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet and they will gather his elect from the four winds and from one end of heaven to the other. Those saints that went through the tribulation period, the Old Testament states they are all going to be resurrected at that time. But the church will have already been in glory with him for that seven-year period. In the book of Jude, that small little letter right before the book of Revelation, in verse 14, it says this. Now Enoch, and he's talking about way back in the Old Testament, in the book of Genesis. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, The seventh from Adam prophesied about these men, also saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. Enoch prophesied of the second coming here, back before the flood of Genesis. (laughs) He prophesied of it, and he says... Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his saints. To what? To execute judgment on all. The second coming is a judgment on the earth. 
The rapture is wonderful for us and for all those who believe in Christ. But the second coming, he's coming back as a lion from the tribe of Judah, and he will not spare. And it's not because he doesn't love. He loves. We have a decision to make. I can either deny the one who created all of this. I can deny the one who gave me the very next breath that I'm going to breathe. That's a gift from God. The very breath I breathe is a gift. The very tomorrow is a gift for me. For you. I can either acknowledge him and love him for that. Or I can say, you know what? I'm good. (laughs) Do it my own way. I'm a good person. You got to let me in. God's going, no, I don't have to let you in. to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds which they have committed in an ungodly way and all of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. That is what's going to happen. Now turn with me. Let's actually open your Bibles, and I want you to see this in Revelation chapter 19. Because remember, chapter 6 through 19 in the book of Revelation, detail in great detail, this Calamity that's coming upon the earth that we know as the Great Tribulation period. But it ends at a specific moment in time. And let's look at Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. This is what the Bible says. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I believe this with all of my heart, as sure as I'm standing here. He says, Now I saw heaven opened. And here, Jesus is giving John the revelation of this moment that's going to happen. This is going to happen. Let's read it. I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God, the Logos. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Isn't that what John said in the first chapter of John? He says, this is the Word of God, and the armies in heaven, that's you and I, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that he will that he would strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron, and he himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he, was, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written. I love this. This is so exciting, man. <laughs> has, has this written in all caps, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, saying, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God. All of those who have rejected Christ, when he comes back, there are literally going to be armies in the valley of Megiddo that are going to think that they can somehow fight against this one who's coming. As people, as it gets closer to the end, there are going to be signs of his his second coming. I'm sorry, and I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. That's you and I. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. And these two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. 
That's the second coming of Christ to the earth. And the Bible says that after that event, he is going to set up his millennial reign, his thousand-year reign on this earth. And you and I, it says in the Bible, will rule and reign with him. Christians, we will rule and reign with him. And there's a lot more to this story, but we don't have time to get into it. But I do want to share with you this. There is a difference between the rapture and the return of Christ to the earth. The rapture is when Christ comes in the air. We just read the passage. But the return, the second coming of Christ, is when he comes to the earth. We meet him in the air. That's the rapture. When he comes back, that is the second coming, physical coming. In the rapture, Christ comes for his saints. In the second coming of Christ to the earth, Christ comes with his saints. In the rapture, believers depart from the earth. We're taken up out of here. In the, re- in the return of Christ, unbelievers are taken away to judgment. In the rapture, Christ claims his bride, the earnest. He's now coming back, and he's going to retrieve her unto himself. In the second coming, Christ comes with his bride. Christ gathers his own, and in the second coming, angels gather the elect. In the rapture, Christ comes to reward. In the second coming of Christ, he comes to judge. And we've looked at that. It's not exciting. The rapture is not in the Old Testament. It was a mystery. But the return of Christ, the second coming, was all over the Old Testament. We read one of the passages in Zechariah. And the biggest thing is the rapture is imminent. It can happen at any moment. But the return, the second coming of Christ, there are many events that need to occur. And when they start happening, when the church is removed, those who are upon the earth are going to see these things. If they grab a Bible and they start looking at it, they're going to go, Oh my, this already started and we know what's coming next. They're going to know what's coming next. Signs will definitely precede his second coming to the earth. In verse 7, he says, See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You know, and he uses a farmer here to, uh, to summarize or to give an illustration. A farmer, when he plants seed, he has to furrow those rows, and he has to plant that seed, and he's got to hope that it rains. And he's got to hope that there's not going to be a really hot wind that's going to be persistent. He's got to hope and pray that there's not a cold snap that's going to proceed and come and and be consistent for several days because he'll lose his crop. He's got to wait. He's got to wait patiently. And on top of all that, he's got to put pesticides. He's got all these pests of the earth that are going to devour that grain. He's got to do something about it. It is hard work. It's hard work. And you've got to work, work, work. And you've got to hope and pray, hope and pray, until the harvest comes. And then you're like, oh, thank you, God. <laughs> Have you worked so hard, and you're like, finally it comes to fruition, and you just take this big exhale, and you're like, praise the Lord, let's go to Bill Gray's and have a vanilla shake. Right? That's actually what I want to do right now. But notice... Wait patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. Farmers, they they needed that fall rain. And they also needed it in the spring again at different intervals. And they had to wait upon God for that. I love what it says in Galatians, and we're closing up here in just a moment. In Galatians chapter 6, Paul says to the Galatians, he says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that he will also reap. 
For he who sows to his flesh will also of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit, the Spirit of God, will of the Spirit reap everlasting life with Christ. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. And let me tell you, these people at this time reading this letter of James, were they needed that refreshment of hearing the truth and being encouraged. And so do we. We live in difficult times. Everything is untrue. There's so many things out there that are just lying to us and not telling us the full story. Not everything, but many things. And do you know that this is the only truth that you have? This possession, this love letter bound in leather is for you and me. And this will never fail you. Jesus said, my word will never fail. The heavens and the earth are going to pass away, but my word will never fail. Return void, it will never pass away. In Psalm 138, verse 2, it says, David prophesies, and he says, Thy word, or I'm sorry, um, you have magnified your word above all of your name. How great is the name of God? It's pretty great. He puts his word above all his name. So do I have faith, confidence, and trust this? Oh, yeah. And you can too, and I pray that you do. He says, You also be patient. And establish and strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Even back then they were waiting. The first century church were hoping and thinking that Jesus was going to return soon. They didn't understand that there was going to be this 1900 plus years called the church age. It was kind of a mystery still. But he's coming back nonetheless, and are you ready? Are you prepared? The only way you can be prepared is to give your heart to Christ. There's no other way. And then we abide in him. Isn't that what it says in John 15? Abide in me as I in you, Jesus said. Spend time with him. Be in prayer. Be in the word of God. Be in the truth because nothing else is true. There's nothing else. Our textbooks, they're revising history. As we speak, there are publishers printing books now where history is being revised. We live in a, a secular um, uh, we live in a cultural relativism. <laughs> in other words, if it works good for you, it's good. And these same folks who believe in this, they hold to the ide- ideology that, that things, everything's relative. Everything's relative. Two plus two no longer equals four. It could be five and a half. The sky's not necessarily blue. You can't tell me it's blue. And Rochester is gray. But you can't tell me it's blue. The earth is not round. Do you believe that there's a cult out right now that are claiming that the earth is flat? They believe it with all of their heart. The earth is flat. Have you seen pictures of the earth from the astronauts, from the satellites, looking at hurricanes coming toward Florida? It's round. It says in Isaiah, the circle of the earth. But yet there are people who claim that the earth is flat, so we need that encouragement also because we live in desperate, wicked times. We live in wicked times. But we can trust the Word of God. Be encouraged. Be encouraged. You know, there in First Thessalonians chapter 4, what did Paul say to the Thessalonians? after telling them that the dead in Christ will rise and then we which are alive and remain will be caught up. We will be 
our bodies will be changed in that process, and it's going to happen so quick. Scientists say that the, 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 the twinkle of an eye is, 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 is nanoseconds. It's so quick that it's, it's, it's virtually not even, your eye doesn't even, it's, it's not even, you're not even made aware of it. It happens so quick, and that's what's going to happen. I remember when I first got saved, I wrote my mother a letter because <laughs> I knew that Jesus was coming back, and she still has that letter. And I wrote her and I said, Mom, I don't know when Jesus is going to come. And this is going to sound really crazy. And I know it does. It sounds like some kind of fiction thing from Hollywood. But Jesus said this. And he's, he's true and he's coming. And if I'm not here for some reason and Kathy's not here, all of a sudden millions of people from the earth just vanish and everyone's going, what is going on? You look to this verse. And this will explain everything to you. So be encouraged. And what does he say at the bottom? He says, now comfort one another with these words. For a believer, that's very comforting. But you know what? If you're in a place where you're not there, and you know what? God loves you. You may be a guest here this morning. The Lord loves you with all of his heart. How much does he love you? He demonstrated on the cross. He said this much. Right? He spread out his hands. He was crucified for you and me. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for me on the cross. If that doesn't just unplug everything in my life, nothing will. But church, you have every reason to be excited, to be thankful. And especially around this time of year, thanksgiving Think about the hope that we have. The blessed hope, the Bible calls it. God has put the earnest of his spirit inside of you, and there's coming a day soon, and I hope it's soon. We don't know the day or the hour. It's going to happen in a twinkling of an eye, as it says in 1 Corinthians 15. But he is going to come back for that which he has placed, the down payment, the earnest of his spirit in you. And he's going to come back and he's going to say, as it says in uh, Revelation chapter 4, come up here, and we are forever going to be with the Lord. Isn't that exciting? Isn't the best news you've ever heard? Is it? Yeah, amen. <laughs> let's stand and let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, um, for these truths. Lord, we know that this is not easy. Lord, but your word is very true, Lord, and you have said these things are going to come. And, Lord, your love for the human race, those whom you have created, Lord, the, ma- the, the, the masterpiece of your creation was man. He is your poema, Lord. He is your masterpiece. You've set him over all of the earth to have dominion over all of the earth. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that you love us enough. Lord, you didn't just leave us in this state of, of, of our rebellion, Lord. You, you've given us a, a way And Jesus is that way. He is the truth. He is the life. You've given us the way to get back home. And Lord, you're the only one. There is no one else who's ever claimed to die for the sin of the world. Almighty God in the flesh, dying in in our place so that we would never see that condemnation. But, Lord, we want to be those folks that when we stand before you, you will say, Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. 
Lord, how we love you, how we thank you for your provision. You are so good and you deserve so much, Lord. All of our praise. Amen. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.